You're listening to the Between You and Me podcast from KEXE, some of the best stories from our morning show. I'm Heidi Holton with Chelsea Perkins. Hi, Heidi. Hi. I want to thank everybody who's been listening to the podcast because I've been getting some great feedback. Um, before we start talking about one of the stories we've done recently on the Acre Homestead, the John Latimer piece especially, so you had a chance... I forget this. We need to know everyone's origin story. So you're new <laughs> to the fray. And the conversation you had with John, and that's available through this podcast, people loved. A guy wrote to us yesterday and said it lowered his blood pressure to listen to it. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I didn't know that we had such, you know, effect on people's health. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's something about hearing conversations. And it's kind of like what we have coming up. This is a conversation with Jenna Acre. She is a local farmer, a local maker, a mom of four. She lives on a fifth-generation family farm, and she was really interesting to talk to. I certainly enjoyed the conversation you had with her. I mean, that's Maybe some people have an idyllic vision of what it means to be a local farmer. You think about it through the lens of maybe children's storybooks where it seems so beautiful and sweet and perfect, but the reality of it is a little bit harsher than that sometimes, and she had a really interesting way of framing that. Yeah, I mean, honestly... I go to her stand at the local farmer's market. I love the soap she makes. <laughs> I love the kind of the products. It's all natural products. It's just there's something about I feel good when I'm connected to who makes what I might be buying. So I always thought it'd be fun to talk to her someday, but I didn't really know like when's going to be the right time. I don't really didn't really want to have like an in-depth soap conversation or anything. And so as I follow her on social media and she linked to a blog post she did about how heartbreaking this spring has been and this winter has been for her family. Yeah, with the loss of so many animals of theirs and her talking about what it's like to be a parent in this situation when she grew up as a farm kid herself and uh you know, realizing what her parents had to do to to kind of soften the blow of some of that, um, but also make sure that, you know, your kids know the realities of it right. as well. Right. Because they're like when I asked her what a typical day was like, she, you know, it was, of course, that typical day, the day I talked to her. And she's like, well, my kids are are they're doing school upstairs right now as I talk to you. Then they're going to go out like the oldest does rabbits and the second oldest does chickens. So they've got their chores with their animals. And then we'll be, do you know, like just this giant list that led to that night of kind of winding down, um, also figuring ways. I mean, she's a little different in that she's making this product as well as raising these animals and raising these children. Um, so she's figured out a way to have her, her folks watch the kids for a couple hours so she can make the soap. But she's also, like this week alone, she's got three things that she's selling at, trying to wrangle who's going to care for the kids while she's at the stand and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I know I'm always sort of interested, like, what it takes to be able to sell your products. And they were really hoping to move into, like, the pork business. And with the loss of all kinds of pigs, she said that 
really was just enough for their family this year. They were going to sell the actual pigs and then the products. Um, but even that, she does have some for sale, but she can't sell them at the market because there's all this regulation. And so they're waiting for that process to go through too. I've had the opportunity to interview a number of small farmers over the years. It's it's funny how we all kind of find our niches. Mm-hmm. Um, and whenever a local foods story came up, uh, it kind of got pushed in my direction because everyone knew that was a little bit of a an interest of mine. And I've always been kind of amazed at just how much people are able to accomplish, you know? I mean, and the fact that you have to be incredibly persistent. That's the only way you're going to be successful and and make money. I mean, even on something like soap, you know, that's a lot of time investment. Yeah. And if you were paying yourself, quote unquote, for that time, I mean, that soap's probably going to be probably a hundred bucks a bar. I know. It really does make you, when you go to a farmer's market or if you... You know, if you've never known how that maple syrup got to your table, how those eggs got in your plate of food and what it took to do that, my goodness, the prices should be so much more for that time. Picking berries. Right. <laughs> I know. And I, I think about that, you know, the the crisper drawer in the refrigerator and how many times I've allowed vegetables to sadly, you know, expire. And I think about now that I'm a little more in tune with that, that we have a large vegetable garden. And right now I have a ton of seedlings growing in my house. And I'm thinking, gosh, all of the time and effort that I'm putting into this tray of lettuce, you know, that I have allowed entire bags of of lettuce greens to go bad in my in my youth. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and those that lettuce tastes like a bag, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It really does. The difference in the taste and the freshness and the uh, palatability of it is is incredible. That and we should be willing to pay for that. Yeah, and you know that kind of brings me back to another podcast that we had done about. Uh, water and consumption. That was one of the things. It wasn't, it was about conserving water. It wasn't so much about the brushing of the teeth, but also like, where's your food coming from? How many miles is it taking to get there? And then are you throwing half of it away when you buy? I mean, are you just being aspirational when you buy that broccoli that you actually know that you're not going to eat that broccoli? Then don't do it. You know, eat your chips. That's fine. You know, but like throwing (laughs) things away like that. Um, hopefully you're composting or, you know, getting them out to animals or something if you don't eat it. But it's something I'm trying to pay attention to, too, because it's now that you know more makers and farmers, kind of breaks your heart when you end up doing that, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, I'm just grateful that at least I have chickens to give it to now. So I'm like, it has a second life. And then eventually it will make it into our compost bin, either the scraps or the chicken poop. So yeah. <laughs> so we would, we're going to bring you this conversation with Jenna Acri about her life as a local farmer and maker. Um, we'd also love to hear from you. Are you someone who, who has a stand at the farmer's market? Is it something you'd like to do? Um, are you trying to not throw away your food? You can always text us at 218-326-1234. 
It is the Wednesday morning show. I'm Heidi Holton. It has been a long spring and we are all ready for new things. Greening of plants, warmer temperatures, the opening of farmer's markets. Jenna Acri and her husband run their family business, Acri Homestead in Hill City, on a fifth generation farm. They grow animals and kids, and Jenna has a line of soaps and locally produced products that she sells at the Grand Rapids Farmers Markets and many other pop-up markets around the region. Jenna Acri, welcome to KEXE. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So you write about your experience as a mom and a farmer and a businesswoman on Acre Homestead. In your most recent post there, you had you talked about choosing a word to describe so far what 2023 has been like for you on the farm. What was that word? That word was humbling. <laughs> okay, so what has happened and how do you move through you know, some difficult times as we get, you know, we're going to get in the upper 60s today. It's going to be beautiful. Yes, today is going to be one of those days that we're very happy to be on the farm and be outside and enjoying the wonderful weather because we we need it. So how has it been humbling so far this year? Well, we had we had a lot of things go wrong on our farm this year, this early spring. Um, we, we lost a lot of animals, which is always the thing you don't want to happen. Um, and most of it was completely out of our control. And, and we really had to sit down and just be incredibly grateful for everything that did go right. Um, we, we lost a lot of pigs this spring and, and pigs are our main, that's what we put most of our energy into. And that was, that was very difficult for, for us as early pig farmers. We've been raising pigs for three years. Um, and the first two years went pretty well. And this year was, was very hard. So we are very grateful for the piglets that we were able to, um, get to this point and they're, they're now thriving and doing really well. Um, and we have hopes for adding in some new mothers this year and hopefully that will, that will be a good, um, a good transition for us. So, yeah. So what, what you ended up with is more, I think you put it that it's enough for your family. You had had plans to be selling. Yes. So for the last couple of years, we have sold uh, feeders in the spring. So around 40 pounds, um, people would come and buy them and raise them themselves. And we had hoped to do that again this year. And uh, we have we have nine piglets on our farm, which is just enough for us, um, some customers that had prepaid already, and enough to hopefully secure pork for next year for um, selling at farmer's market. So Jenna, I said that this is a fifth generation farm. Do you remember as you were growing up winters like this? Yes and no. You know, when you're a kid, I feel like you just you go with the flow so much better. You know, I was I was the child, I wasn't the the parent or the farmer who had to deal with everything. I was kind of told what to do and and how how the situation was going to be handled. And now I'm the farmer and I'm the mom and I have to handle the situation all on my own, kind of. You know, I, I do have the guidance of my parents and um, I have a really good mentor who's been very helpful, but I I am the one who has to do it and it just seems a lot more heavy than when I was a kid. So that's definitely been um, 
another humbling experience. Yeah. And I suppose you don't want to make it heavy for your four kids who are growing up there now, the next generation. Right. We're very we're very open with them about the things that happen, and we try to include them as much as possible. Um, but there was a couple of things this year that it was, we had them stay inside and just, they didn't have to, they didn't have to be a part of absolutely everything this spring. So I'm hoping that they still will grow up to have <laughs> wonderful memories and, and even the memories of the hard years. Um, I hope that they can look fondly on them like I did. I, the, there are, there's a couple of situations I can remember when I was a child that I think my parents did a, a really good job of, of handling it and allowing me to be a part of it without being burdened by it. So that land that you're on, you grew up on, you're raising your family on now, this is your business. What is special about that place to you? Well, we moved here. My parents bought this uh, from my great-grandparents, I think, between the ages of six and eight for me. And it just... I, I loved everything about it. I loved the space. I loved the opportunities. I loved the animals we had. And and then when I was a teenager, you know, you I wanted to have a life where I didn't have to do chores before I <laughs> had to go do something. And then when I became a parent, that quickly um, changed. And I remember when my oldest was born, I realized she didn't have a yard to play in. And so we quickly tried as hard as we could to get back to the farm. And we've been here for five years now. And it's, I am so grateful every day that the kids get to run around and play and have the animals they want and live, live the, the wonderful things that I got to experience as a kid as well. We're talking with Jenna Acree this morning from Acree Homestead in Hill City. So Jenna, what's what's the day looking like or what's a typical day like for you there? Well, well, this morning we already had a cow in a pen that she was not supposed to be in. So I had to go out and grab her and put her back where she needed to go and, and repair the hole that she got out of. Um, my kids are upstairs doing a little school right now because we homeschool. And then... Um, we'll probably have a quick breakfast and head out and my children have their own chores. They, uh, my daughter has rabbits and my sons have chickens that they, um, tend to. And then together they are in charge of our two dairy calves that we have. And so they'll do that while I will feed our bottle babies. We have a bottle piglet and, um, two bottle calves and then, in the mornings, I feed our dairy cows. We only milk once a day. So in the mornings, I just feed them and check them over, make sure they're going to be fine for the day. And then I move on to pig chores, and we feed our pigs. <laughs> and it's becoming much less muddy out there, so that's becoming more enjoyable. And then after that, my kids usually um, will go next door and be with my parents. They own a daycare. And so they play with the daycare kids. And then I get a few hours to do some work and I try to make soap or um, maybe sometimes people have meat orders that I get ready. And that kind of consists of our afternoon. And then we'll start supper and do our evening chores, which is basically the same, except in the evenings I milk our two cows. 
So, and that's, that's a very typical day and <laughs> it goes very fast, but it's very wonderful. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your soap making and, and other products. It's not just soap. So I started with soap making and soap making is my very, very favorite thing to make. Um, I absolutely love it. But there's a couple of other things that kind of go really well with soap. And so I do make some balms and salves and I play around with some roll-on essential oils, mostly for those the things the the customer really wants that and they're they're fun to make and um it's it is fun I try to oblige the customer within reason sometimes it gets a little I have to put up a boundary a little bit but um it's it's very enjoyable for me to stand in my kitchen and and make all these things and um but soap is definitely my very favorite I I work really hard on the recipes and it 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 reminds me of an art form in a way to mix different colors and, you know, add flowers to the top and then to play with the scents. And it's just makes me, makes me really happy. You are always kind of trying out new scents or new, new bars of soap. What's, what's the latest from you? So the latest is a very simple, but it's going to be called um, Milky Mint. And the the liquid content that is inside is all going to be uh, raw cow's milk. And then it's just going to be scented with peppermint oil, and it's going to be a soft green. Um, I've had a, a couple of requests for a plain peppermint soap, and I thought this would be a nice way to to get that together and nice and fresh and and then I like to put raw, raw milk in the soap for many reasons, but it it's just makes a really nice, gentle soap. And I try to keep my soaps as gentle as I can for, for people because everybody, everybody enjoys a gentle soap. So farmer's markets are opening soon. Are you looking forward to it? Very. I'm very excited to get back into the markets. I'm a little overwhelmed with my list of to-dos between now and then, but, but that's okay. Um, I'm, I'm very looking forward to it. And so you do Grand Rapids Farmer's Market? Yes. And, and, and I do um, the Nightmaker Markets. Okay. And I am going to be trying out the Deer River Farmer's Market this year. I've committed to opening day. Um, we're just going to see how that goes because there's only so much only so much time to to devote to so many so many events. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to ask you one more thing the the writing that you did about this year being humbling. You had this phrase, you said it feels like your priorities are being questioned and reaffirmed daily. Can you speak to that a little bit before we go? Yes. So actually uh we we spent three days this spring deciding that we were going to not raise breeding pigs anymore and having to decide or deciding that and then having that not be part of our life anymore was, it was very clear that that was not the right answer. We were very sad about that and that was it definitely reaffirmed that no, we, we do want to raise pigs. We just have to maybe look at it differently and maybe try some new things to make it a little more, um, a little more effective and enjoyable for us as the farmer. And, and there are, there are a lot of days that it's just really, really hard. But then when you think about not doing those things, I think that would be harder because we just, we fit into this life so well. And most of the time when things are going, you know, 
not horrible. We, we love every second and can't imagine doing anything different. But on those really, really hard days, it was, we, we did, we gave up for three days and, and then quickly realized that that was not, uh, not how we wanted it to go. Yeah. What a great, uh, learning experience there too. You know, you had to go through that to kind of realize what you actually want to do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's Jenna Acree. You can follow what she is up to and what their farm is doing at acreehomestead.com. Also follow them on Facebook. Jenna, thanks for your time today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to the Between You and Me podcast on KAXE, made possible by the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund and the citizens of Minnesota, with music by Sam Milton. Mm -hmm.